So we've been doing this series called Come and Go, and it's, it's so simple. Uh, as a disciple of Jesus, which where are my disciples at in here? We got some disciples in the place this morning. Some, we have some disciples. We have a few disciples. Are you guys disciples of Jesus? Come on. You guys know me. I love to get excited. I love to get rowdy. It keeps my energy up, especially because I did not sleep the extra hour last night. We had our three-year-old came into our bed last night, crawled all the way into the bed, slept next to my wife, and went to the bathroom on her. It is not a joke. It was not a drill. And so, so I'm ready to go. So I, I need your guys' energy this morning. Is that cool with you? Cool, thanks. So, so we've been talking about this, this series, right? This becoming a disciple of Jesus. It was just a number one. I, okay. People over here are like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about this, becoming a disciple of Jesus. And we, and we know that Jesus says in Matthew 4, he says, come follow me. And then in 28, he says, go and make disciples. And that's what this whole thing has been about, right? Coming into the presence of God. And then going out into the world with the presence of God. And so today we're going to just continue that train. This is part seven of this series. We're just going to talk about, uh, if you didn't catch it from worship this morning, today we're going to be talking about hope. Today we're going to be talking about finding hope. How many of you guys have found it really hard to see hope in 2020? Come on, raise your hands. It's okay. It's so difficult, man. I'm telling you, 2020, uh, it's wrecked me. I'm being serious. I, I woke up with depression, uh, literally fighting depression a lot of days. Like waking up, not even able to get out of bed, sitting at the edge of my bed and just waiting for the Spirit of God to just wash over me because I could not function unless that happened. How many of you guys have been there with me? Right? You, just, you just need God to show up for you. I, can't, I couldn't even move or function unless I just felt the Lord wash over me. I'm like, all right, I, I got this. When I say I battled depression, I mean I did not succumb to depression, but I battled. You know what I'm saying? It was only through the Lord that I was able to get out of that. And thankfully, I'm on the other side of that battle. Praise God. Right? Yeah, come on. God is so good. And the reason why is because of this very thing. I found my hope in Jesus. Right? I found my hope. And when we talk about finding hope, we're not, a lot, of, a lot of times people think it's like wishful thinking. Like I hope for this thing or I hope for that thing. I knew a kid when I was a youth pastor in Nebraska who, who told me that, I, he said, I cannot believe in God. And I'm like, why? And he goes, I prayed every day for three weeks for an Xbox 360 and I don't have one, so therefore, God's not real. And I was like, oh boy. It's not wishful thinking. It's not, it's not hoping for an outcome even, or a solution, or, or for change. Listen to the biblical definition of the word hope. All right? this, is, this is so good. It's confident expectancy. In the Bible, the word hope stands for both the act of hoping and the thing hoped for. Hope does not arise from an individual's desires or wishes, but from God, who is himself the believer's hope. Genuine hope is not wishful thinking, but firm assurance about things that are unseen. Hope distinguishes the Christian from the unbeliever who has no hope. Indeed, a Christian is one in whom hope resides. Isn't that good? 
And hope takes you a step further. In, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It says in the Bible in Ephesians that it is by grace through faith that you have been saved. You see, hope is confidence of one thing. That the Lord showed up. And the reason why we don't hope for outcomes and it's not this wishful thinking is because God already showed up. We have hope in something that we cannot see. There's substance. There's tangibility. God has already done the work. And so we don't have a hope in something that might not happen. Come on. We have hope in something that we already have obtained. Come on. We have hope in the person of Jesus Christ. We have hope because God already did the stuff. He already did the work. And because of hope having substance, we can have faith. And through that faith, we obtain grace. And because of grace, we have been saved. Hope is an amazing thing. But I think the problem that we have is that we don't understand hope and faith. Uh, we wouldn't admit it, but oftentimes, and I'm not pointing fingers, but oftentimes we're like the kid back in, in little Nebraska who thinks if I pray for this thing, then it's going to happen. And that's what faith is. And that's what hope is. And the hope is in the thing. And the hope is in that God would provide a thing. But we have to understand that our hope isn't in Xboxes or money or uh, the things that we think our future should be. Our hope is in Jesus, who is the source of hope. And that's really what it's about. Listen to this in Colossians. It says, to them who has chosen, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isaiah 40 says, do you not know, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired and weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I'm going to draw attention real quick to, to my sweater. Uh, this is a sweatshirt that says, God above all else. I promise you I'm not just being a lazy bum by wearing a sweater while I preach. This has purpose. We had a, a student from my youth group. I talked about this before. He actually um, he committed suicide. I don't mean to come up here and just cry all the time. I hope you guys know that. Um, I, I knew this young man for a long time. I was really close with him. I'm really close with his family still. And he was a young man who was searching for hope. He had glimpses of hope and glimpses of passion and, and, and glimpses of walking with the Lord. And, and then he also just had this just... just behind the scenes, just tough, difficult struggle where he was trying and he was searching and, and he felt like he had no hope. A young man who loved Jesus, 
but was stuck having no hope. He believed the lie of the enemy so much so that it took his life. I'm not here to make a stance on where he's at. That's not what this is about. I'm not here to say that, that uh, if you just find this puppy dog, sunshine and rainbows, like it's, not, it's not about that. But the pursuit of hope is real. And if we can glean from this situation, this sad, sad story, I would pray that everyone here would quit looking at what they see, that they would quit looking at the world around them, quit looking at what they don't have, quit trying to hope for things, quit trying to hope for situations, and start putting their hope in the Lord. Start looking at God, who is the source of hope. I've, I've used this illustration quite a bit before. See, our first point is this, is that we must find hope from the source, right? And we all know that this isn't groundbreaking. This isn't earth-shattering revelation. Paul says, I'm not writing to you a new thing, but rather an old one, that you would understand the truth. We all know that God is our source of hope, but I think that we don't understand how to get there. You tracking with me? I think oftentimes we, we're like a power strip just plugged into itself. You know? Just, just trying to get power, trying to get hope, trying to get faith, trying to get courage, trying to get healing, just plugged into ourselves. I don't know if you know this, but this isn't going to do anything. <laughs> like it's kind of obvious, right? It seems kind of silly, but here we are. But if you were to take this and you were to plug it into a source with electricity, this little strip contains and holds a ton of energy, a ton of power. And if you try to plug into yourself, you're not going to do anything, but if you plug into the source... You are going to have, babe, can you take this for me? I don't want to trip over it. Hey, give it up for my wife one more time. It's not about wishful thinking, right? It's not about the world. It's not about circumstances. It's about understanding and knowing the one who is our hope. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. See, the problem is that don't, too many people don't know that God actually has promises. The source of hope who can be trusted actually has things for you. And not just things, but a life, a plan, a purpose. And when we look for hope for any, from anything else other than the source of our purpose, our plan, our life, our livelihood, we end up getting disappointed and it falls short. Here's a shocking revelation that I think everybody, I, I say it because uh, most people live like it's shocking. God actually knows better than you do. Right? Come on, God knows better than I do. And so I'm going to put my hope in him 
because he can be trusted to keep his promises. He has promises for us. It says this, it says, behold, the eye of the Lord is in those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive from famine. Again, see, this isn't just about stuff or it's not even about just, God, would you provide for me? God, would you do this for me? God, I need this. What's my purpose? What's my plan? But it's, God, you, you already delivered me from death. In Christ, I am alive. It says, it says that I, my life is hidden with Christ and that I'm buried with him so as to somehow obtain the resurrection from the dead. You see, God has already delivered on his promises. We're on the back side of his promise, everything that he has for us. The Bible says that God wants to fill you with all of the riches of heaven. Jesus said that I would come, that you would have a life lived to its fullest measure. This isn't just about stuff. This is not a prosperity talk. This is simply the truth. God wants to bless you. He knows better than we do, and he's already done it. And sometimes I think we find ourselves with, filled with so much hope in the wrong thing, and then we lose faith and trust in God because we were pushing a hope that God did not have for us, right? We were pushing an agenda that did not line up with his will, and then we lose trust in the one who is the only one that we can trust. We lose faith in the only one that can produce grace. And we're trying to figure it out on our own. See, most of the time, we don't understand what God's promises for us because we don't even know what they are. It says this in Psalm 130, verse 5. It says, I am counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. You know what's so awesome about the word? John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, the word was with God. It says, in the beginning, the word was with God. And he was God. In verse 14 of John, it says that that word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen the glory of the Father, the only one in the Son, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus is a manifestation of the word. And so we can trust in it. There's promises that come from God's word. It is a manifestation of Jesus. Honestly, if you don't know this, and I'm pretty sure you do. Again, this isn't, this isn't ground shaking. This is an earth shattering, brand new revelation. But when you dig into your Bible, you actually get to understand the person of Jesus. You get to build relationship. Because it says that Jesus is a manifestation of the word. And so again, our hope isn't just built on whimsical thinking, on wishful thoughts, on circumstances getting better. It's built on a firm foundation and the person who our hope is in has things for us, has promises for us, and he's already accomplished them. Isn't that crazy? See, this, this hope, this faith, everyone talks about blind faith and blind hope and trusting. It's already happened. There's already victory. There's already God's plan for you. You just have to find it. You have to reach out, plug into the source, quit trying to plug into your own plan, quit trying to plug into your own agenda, and start plugging into the person of Jesus, the, the 
Start spending time with the Holy Spirit. Start getting to know the will of the Father. Psalm 71 says, I will keep hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness all day long. I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words, I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone alone, you alone are just. God is our hope. I think we can just shout for him right now because God is our hope. He's given it to us. Come on. Starting to lose a little energy this morning. Let's get it back up. Let's ramp it back up to 10 because God, he's done it all. And if you find yourself hopeless today, if you find yourself looking at 2020 and all the junk and all the stuff that's happened and you think there is no hope, then you need to just lift your eyes a little bit because God is got this. He's got it. And not only does he got this, the situation, the circumstances, the craziness, he's got you. You see, when I was telling you guys earlier about my struggle with depression, uh, it, it was so tough, man. Because my eyes were right here. You know, I was like, have you guys ever seen Mary Poppins? Some people said no. What? After church, go watch Mary Poppins. My gosh. <laughs> I'm like the dad in Mary Poppins who can't see like two inches past his nose. You know what I'm saying? I was just struggling like, oh, I, this got canceled and my plans. Got, I, I was going to do this trip. I was going to go on this thing. I can't have youth group. You guys, for a youth pastor who thrives on energy and being around people, when we couldn't have youth group, I was like, what does my life mean? And I was just struggling. I was on the struggle bus, man. You know what I'm saying? I think you guys were all there with me. We were just like, ugh. And then, like, the biggest blow to a guy like me. Like, honestly, I, I would have, I can wear masks all day long. But, but then the, they were like, we're going to cancel football. And I was like, that might not be a big deal to you, but you can't judge me because God loves me, okay? <laughs> you can ask my wife. I was, like, mad. I was, like, flipping tables, like, Jesus in the temple, like, there's that. <laughs> I was so mad. Right? And, and just the, the things were just getting to me. And I, I just felt like the Lord was just saying, look up. And when I got beyond myself, when I realized that Big Ten football doesn't really matter that much, when I realized that the things that happened in my life that I, I was so bogged down by aren't, the important thing. I was able to seek God for who he really is. And then my, my struggle with the Lord, where it was just like, God, I just need you to just step in today because I can't get past myself. And he would. It, it turned from waking up, needing the presence of God so that I can function
Give it up for the sound guy. I went from needing the presence of God just to get by to walking in the joy of the Lord. Right? Experiencing God for who he is, understanding that my hope is in him and that with the Lord, I could literally just get, I could get 2020 is going to end. Right? Like that's what my mom always said to me. It's like, this too shall pass. Like January 2021 is happening and it's going to be amazing. Amen? Come on. And on that day, we will celebrate. What did I do? I don't know how I did that. Give it up for everybody once again. I'm stalling. So obviously here, as we come and we find hope, we find our hope in Jesus, we find our strength in Jesus, we find the joy of the Lord for it to be our strength. We understand that God has spoken to us. He's given us promises. We can actually find those promises in his word. We can be disciples of God's word, digging in and figuring out what he says, and then doing it, like living our lives, actually mirroring what the Bible tells us to do, mirroring what the gospel tells us to do, living inside the kingdom of heaven right now and finding hope, finding peace, finding healing, finding all of these things for ourselves so that we can share that with the world, right? Come and follow me. Go and make disciples. Again, this isn't revolutionary. This isn't something that you haven't heard, but it's so important to be reminded of. Amen, church? It's so important to understand the simple truths that God is speaking to us this morning. It can be difficult to spread hope in the midst of the things that we're going through if we maintain the focus down here. When we, when we begin to look at God, it's, it's so much easier. I, w- I want you to listen to this. This is a quote by Ben Windle, Windle? I'm not sure how to say that. Uh, the, uh, he's the author of Searching for a God You're Supposed to Have Found. I don't know what that title means, but it sounds really cool. It says, for some, living for God can be like a roller coaster. <laughs> True. One week, they're on fire. Everything's exciting. And then the next day, they are on a low, and God feels a million miles away. How many of you guys can relate? Right? We need consistency. There needs to be more than just sporadic times of fulfillment. Jesus told the woman at the well that she would never thirst again. Yet so many people seemingly haven't drunk of this eternal water and find that they still desire something more out of the life. So their thirst drives them. They become like sponges, soaking up and soaking up. However, if a sponge is never squeezed, the water in it will soon become stagnant. And here's the greatest, here's the greatest irony of Christianity. It is that it is to get more than you actually have to give out first. It is that to get more, you actually have to give out first. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) 
it is that to get more, you actually have to give out first. The punctuation is bad on my notes. Some spend their whole lives trying to get, 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 and yet they remain empty and unsatisfied. Spiritual obesity is on the rise. Many Christians have read all the books, heard all the sermons, but have no outlet in their lives. And as a result, they become spiritually obese. To really experience God, you must be in a position where you are giving to others. It's so hard to experience God in a way that is continual when you're just trying to get, right? When you're just trying to, to, to find satisfaction, when you're just trying to stop the pain and, and all you think about is just what's right in front of you, like the dad in Mary Poppins, those of you who haven't seen it. And you're looking for hope, and you may have even found some truth. You may have even started walking in some promises, and you start filling up in like a sponge, that water. Have you guys ever seen a full sponge that's just sit, sat on the sink for just a couple of days? It's gross. It is nasty. I usually just throw them away. They have lost their purpose. Uh, and if you have a wife like mine, you, you, you don't let it get that far because she's smarter than I am. Amen. Listen to this. It says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are rich, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. You need to love people. God's calling them. And, and out of love and, and this hope that we can share, God's church will be transformed. This is that he called them and he chose them and he wants to bring them in. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, this is like the classic love chapter, right? Like every wedding I've ever been to, including my own, this passage was read, right? Everybody knows this. It says, I'm going to go to verse 7. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I just want to give a side note. Everybody, like, makes the correlation of 1 Corinthians 13 that from 1 John where it says God is love. So, like, God is faithful. God is kind. If that's true, and I believe it is, then it says that God always hopes isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? Th this is something that might actually be ground shattering, like earth shaking revelation, because the God who is the source of hope actually looks at the situation that we're in and he hopes in you. God believes in you. He has faith in you. Like the, the God who's the source of hope actually looks at you and says, I know you can do this. And the reason why this is so earth shattering to us is because sometimes I think we don't share the hope that we have out of fear of rejection. We think that person will never understand this hope. This person will never 
experience, God. They're so hard. They're so bitter. And God's like, I'm hoping that they do. As a disciple of Jesus, I pray that you hope that they will too. Because if somebody had that mentality towards me, I wouldn't be standing here. God hoped. And he put that hope in people who reached out to me and showed me the love of the Father. He's looking at this wacky, crazy world out there in 2020. All of these people angry and fighting and circulating lies and hate. And he hopes in them. The funny thing about plugging into the source of power is uh, with the, the strip analogy, it goes a step further because there's other things that plug into that strip. And as you're plugged into the source of hope, the source of power, the source of salvation, not that you have to be anybody's salvation. You're not God. You're not the Holy Spirit. You don't have to do that job. You don't have to bury that burden, carry that burden. You don't have to bear that weight. But if you would hope in people with the kind of hope that God has, and if you would share the hope that you've received, maybe 2020 doesn't look so crazy. If every single person in this room walked out of the fullness that God has in them, our earth would change. There would be hope for the hopeless. In Acts chapter 2, it says, it says that the, the people went out. They were devoted to the apostles' teachings. They broke bread together. They, they shared with each other, anyone who was in need, and God was adding to their numbers daily. I believe God wants to do that now. I believe that God wants a nation, a generation full of people who find their hope in something with substance, who find their hope and put their faith in Jesus. And guess what? He wants to use you to do it. He doesn't want you to be hope. He wants you to point them to the one who is. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Just show them the love of Jesus. Point them to the Father. Romans 15, 2 through 4 says, We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, The insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we patiently wait for God's promises to be fulfilled.
I know it's not new information. I know it's, I, I don't stand here giving you guys things that you don't already know. But my prayer for you today would be that this truth that we know of and have heard of would be something that we practice today. Do you find yourself filled with angst? Do you find yourself filled with, with, with honestly drama? Are you unable to look past your nose? Are you struggling to find hope? Like the Bible says, I, I look up where my help comes from. Would you come find rest in the shadow of the Almighty where God would lift you up in his victorious, righteous right hand? And then would you go and point people to do the same? Because God's love doesn't stop with you, but is actually extended through you and into the world. Would you guys stand with me and pray? Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. God, we thank you for the works of your hand. We put our faith, our hope, and our trust in you, not just because of everything that you've done, because you've done so much, you've accomplished it all, you've done all the things that we need. God, but just because of who you are. God, because we love you. And we love you because you first loved us. Lord, would you move in our lives today? Would you help us to move in other people's? We want to be your disciples. We'll give it all up. Lord, I pray that the desire of our heart would be to give everything that we have to you, withholding nothing. That all of our hope and trust and faith would be in you and in you alone. Help us to know what that means. In Jesus' name, amen.